Hey, 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 Spook Squad listeners. Thank you so much again for tuning in during such confusing times. My name is Dan. Uh, I'm one of your Spook Squad hosts. Seriously, uh, thank you for checking us out. This is a horror podcast where we like to take a zoomed out, uh, community-focused kind of view of the genre and uh, much more. I had an episode planned for today about the term uh, elevated horror. And uh, for those of you who who don't know what that is, uh, there are probably a, a couple other listeners who are rolling their eyes just at the very mention of the term. <laughs> so don't worry, that, that episode is still coming out. I have done simply too much research on this one to uh, just let it go. So believe me, you will be hearing that one. But, I, you know, I... I just wanted to do something uh, a little bit different today, actually, a little spontaneous, a little more uh, casual, just because of the general vibe <laughs> of everything right now. Yeah, I'm recording and uh, posting this episode on March 21st, 2020, and you know, uh, you know, I don't think my perspective is necessarily needed beyond saying what we all know, which is that it is uh, a tough and scary time for a lot of people, and uh, for many reasons, social distancing can be a tough process. So, uh, you know, as much hardship as there's been, uh, there have definitely been a few bright spots that I have seen from folks trying to, you know, give us outlets and and things to focus on while while so many of us are isolated. For example, uh, Ben Gibbard, musician that I am a huge, huge, huge fan of from Death Cab for Cutie, Postal Service, etc. Uh, he's been doing these daily live streams of him uh, playing music from home and that has been uh, just incredible uh, to watch and, you know, engaging with fans and stuff. Really, really cool. Uh, similarly, this uh, very cool, very heavy band, Code Orange, uh, who I'm also a fan of, uh, they premiered their uh, new record with a, a live stream of them playing heavy as hell music to a completely empty venue. Uh, and that was awesome. And hundreds of fans just kind of appreciated them at home, you know, headbanging along. Uh, that was that was really cool. And, you know, legendary horror magazine Fangoria has given away two months of their online service totally for free, which is really badass. And, you know, obviously there are more examples, but uh, as you could tell, these are the examples that are relevant to my interest personally. Uh, of course, uh, things are still scary, you know, but it, it's helpful to me, at least, you know, uh, to see folks trying to comfort each other, to, to try to just make that effort, and especially when people make efforts to connect in this way. Because as I always say, that kind of connection is is super important to me, and it's, it's the basis of the podcast. I'm always saying that because it's true. So rather than do some kind of outbreak-based episode or something today, you know, no offense to every podcast that is covering Contagion, love to all y'all, but... I just wanted to go in a different direction. I, you know, I didn't want to, you know, ignore what's happening entirely, but I wanted to take some time today to just talk about something that is a bright spot for me, that I hope becomes a bright spot for other people. So it's a promotion that I am very happy about during this tough time. It's related to my favorite streaming service, which y'all have heard me talk about many, many, many times. Shudder. Shudder. So first off, I want to say I am not paid by Shudder or anything. <laughs> I am sincerely just a fan, and I'm excited by this promotion because it is so easy to take advantage of, and it gives folks a chance to check out this service that I am always talking about, and I can't tell you how many people express interest in movies when I'm posting about them on Twitter or Slasher or whatever, stuff like Mandy, you know, stuff like uh, Dogs Don't Wear Pants, you know, Shutter exclusives. They always say, you know, where can I watch these? And, you know, I tell them there are Shutter exclusives, and they always say something like, well, you know, I'm always hearing you talking about it, you know, I'm considering it, but I just don't know. I totally get it. You know, we are in 
the oversaturated streaming era. And I am going to talk about that for a minute, too, because this is still Spook Squad, and you cannot keep me away from a good tangent. But, uh, okay, look, let's let's talk about the promo real quick, because that's low-key what inspired the episode, right? So here it is. You get 30 completely commitment-free days of access to Shudder if you just sign up with the promo code SHUTIN. One word, S H U T I. I think it's uh, all caps too, uppercase, whatever. So yeah, shut in for 30 free days. And again, I'm not paid by Shutter or anything. You want the truth? I just really want y'all to watch some of these movies that I'm going to get into here so that we can all talk about them. Honestly, it's almost selfish. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> like, please watch these movies so that we can geek out about them together and I can finally bother someone else besides Allie about it. <laughs> Okay, just kidding. Allie is also a dork about it too and does not mind. But nonetheless, I am very eager to talk to you folks about these films and I really hope that you will give this promo a chance. And I know that even if something is free, sometimes that's not enough. It's like, why should I invest my time? Why should I take the chance? Why should I dig through it? Because I, I get it. Like, even if you use the promo code, like, where do you go from there? Like, what do I do with this? So I, I actually wanted to take a moment to start with something very basic here about Shudder itself before getting into the movies and the recommendations that I want to give, because I think it's an important part of this, actually. And it actually speaks to something about streaming services at large as well and why I am excited about this promo uh, in general. OK, so so bear with me here because I'm going to get into it. So sometimes. When I hear people advertising for Shudder or trying to recommend it to other people, the shorthand that they use to describe it is usually something along the lines of, like, it is the Netflix for horror movies. And I completely understand why they say that, <laughs> because it is a very easy way to just give someone the general idea of what it is. Uh, Netflix is probably the biggest name or whatever in streaming platforms, and so it's just kind of easy to say that Shudder is a Netflix specifically for horror fans, right? But... Honestly, that is a bit misleading. I, you know, I think it sets up some different expectations and it doesn't really explain what is so unique about a platform like Shudder and why I think it's not only cool, but it's ahead of the curve in terms of what I think a streaming platform should be, which is something that I personally think is worth discussing now that we are all stuck at home and we're really pouring through all of these streaming services and the importance of what that is and what it's going to mean for the film industry and us as consumers is a question that is ongoing and just becoming more and more important with time. So here's the thing. Calling Shudder the Netflix of horror implies that it's an enormous content pile like Netflix with just total sprawling access. And this is in no way a diss to Shudder's library, which I cannot stress enough is so, so easy to get lost in already. But it is to say that if you go in expecting complete and total access to something like, say, the whole Friday the 13th series or the Conjuring films or it, you know, you're, you're not going to find those. So let me put it a little differently, because when I describe Netflix as a content pile, it really is that. It's an enormous, ever-growing library of stuff, and a lot of that stuff is very good. But sometimes it really seems like not only does the public not really know what they have access to on Netflix, but Netflix itself isn't really aware of what exactly they've got. You know, I really wonder sometimes, because... Again, I struggle with this, because, you know, I feel like it makes me sound like an old man, but the fact is... Amazing content is dropped onto Netflix constantly with little to no promotion and little fanfare. It happens all the time. And I've talked about 
you know, film festivals like Fantastic Fest in Austin, Texas, on this podcast before, you know, and, and Fantastic Fest in particular, usually the movies that are there, they end up being my favorite of the year because they have big premieres at this festival and they really are just consistently like risk-taking, boundary-pushing genre films. You know, I, I love that, obviously. So from like 2018 on, Netflix has been scooping up a lot of the titles that premiere at Fantastic Fest, you know, usually the ones that get really critical acclaim at the festival, like The Night Comes For Us, which I've talked about before, Apostle, The Perfection, uh, In the Tall Grass, you know, it really feels like they get great movies and then they just kind of forget about them. I mean, we all do. I mean, Mike Flanagan's Gerald's Game adaptation should be like, I can't believe that movie isn't one of the first things that people bring up when they talk about strong and effective Stephen King film adaptations. I mean, I know that it's popular because I'm pretty sure it's what got him Dr. Sleep, but I really think that it deserves a little bit more love than it's even gotten thus far. Uh, But hey, those movies are still there. They will stay there for the foreseeable future, at least. So they can be discovered at any time. You know, I guess in addition to, you know, any of the other hundreds of titles on Netflix, that is. So, you know, the experience is like, you know, I say it's like digging through a pile. Shudder on the other hand, is basically, you know, if you're a fan of horror or thrillers or genre cinema, whatever you want to call it, I'm also just going to say wild shit (laughs) for the sake of, you know, making this simple because Shudder is very good at acquiring what I would call truly, awesomely wild shit. Uh, You know, so then go to Shudder. You know, Shudder kind of assumes that you have already seen the staples, I would say, and that you're looking to get a little bit weirder, go a little bit further, find something that you haven't seen before. You know, there's still a lot of classics, but they are definitely trying to introduce you to new stuff. And when I say they, I mean the folks who curate Shudder, because its library is indeed curated by a handful of hardcore genre fans. Curated with love, I would say, because when I see the new announcements for releases in the coming months these days, I I always grin because it's full of gems and it's so clear that folks are paying very close attention to the big premieres, the big trends in horror, you know, the movies that it would be really, really incredible to get their hands on. I think a great example of this is when they got their hands on One Cut of the Dead, that is an amazing, amazing example of just like the perfect title that this kind of streaming service would want to acquire. And I could go on and on, and I certainly will later, but I digress. Now, one of the other things about uh, Shudder's catalog is that part of it is something of a revolving door. And what I mean by this is, although that there are titles that will never leave Shudder, as far as I can tell, you know, there are other titles that come and go from month to month. Now, there are streaming rights reasons for this, but it's also kind of cool because it keeps you from just throwing something on your list and forgetting about it for months at a time. It kind of gives you a little bit more of a reason to keep on top of stuff and checking out new movies. But it also just gives you access to really cool titles that don't usually end up on streaming sometimes. You know, I'm thinking in particular of the month that Shudder had every Nightmare on Elm Street movie, which is a notoriously difficult series to get streaming rights for. Uh, Then there was a totally Stephen King-themed month that I remember, which was really, really fun with a lot of those adaptations on there. Very cool. And to see them in just one very convenient place to just binge all in a row. Uh, So yeah, you know, that's what I mean by specialty streaming service. Because when we call it a specialty streaming service, it's just non-traditional in that sense. Now, Shudder isn't the only specialty streaming service out there, of course. I know a lot of my friends use 
Crunchyroll for anime and stuff. Uh, Docs, D-O-X, that's for documentaries. That's supposed to be good, too. Criterion obviously has their own uh, streaming service, which is, you know, obviously that is an extremely special curation there. Uh, You know, I hear uh, everyone joke that we're in the age of complete oversaturation of streaming services. I think I alluded to that before. So it makes sense that, you know, if you are not Netflix, if you are not Hulu, if you don't have access to just this huge library for people to pick through, you got to bring something special to the table. And before I get to talking about specific movies and stuff, you know, let me just make this final point and thank you for sticking with me as to why Shudder is worth your time during your social distancing at the very least for 30 days. Because just as often as we see or hear jokes about too many streaming services, like I said, we see follow-up jokes about never knowing what to watch, right? Like the eternal struggle, so many options that we end up picking none whatsoever, or at least it takes like 40 minutes to do so, or, you know, something like that. So this is one of the other things about Charter that I like, because beyond having a library with a uh, so-called batting average that I just think is one of the best of the litter, I I can truly say that Shutter makes itself even more different by truly listening to its audience in ways that I have not seen a similar or comparable service do. Uh, They add coveted and requested titles. They hold live stream events with uh, Joe Bob Briggs, Last Drive-In, as I have said before. We'll talk about him in a future episode, I think. Uh, You know, they very enthusiastically promote new titles. They support independent creators. They even give platforms to indie creators through featuring their short films on the platform, which is an incredible thing. So here's my point. We just came out with an episode a couple weeks ago about why I care so much about watching movies together, right? So the way that this crisis has hit movie theaters, that's definitely a scary thing. But I am not one of those folks who is resistant to the rise of streaming. I am not opposed to the early VOD releases that were announced this week, which came out this weekend, Invisible Man in the Hunt. You know, we may talk about that in the future on the show as well. But the point is, as much as I care about the social experience of watching I can get behind streaming services, but I also think that this model is the best way to do it that I have seen personally because it it makes it personal. It makes it specific. It makes it smartly curated. It makes it social. It makes it matter, at least to me. So that's a bit of why I think it's worth it. It's worth your time. And get this. In this case, I'm literally just saying it's worth your time because there is no financial investment here. Just food for thought. So uh, let me get into uh, the actual movie stuff here. Now, I'm not kidding. When I first made this list, I ended up with 54 (laughs) titles (laughs) that I was going to recommend, which is completely ridiculous. And also, I realized that if I kept the list that long, unless the episode was going to be ridiculously long, which I try not to do, it would basically have the same value as some listicle, you know, with a brief synopsis of every movie And that didn't sound fun or interesting to me. And it's not really what I want to do. It's not really what the podcast is about. So what I am going to do is I'm going to break that list up and I'm going to post uh, a few episodes on it here and there. Uh, Not sure what the schedule on that is going to be exactly, but it is going to be a bit by bit, like uh, uh, definitely over the coming week, coming weeks. Um, So that's going to be a bit of what I do. This is just volume one. And so for volume one, I wanted to kind of start at whatever the beginning is. So like, let's just say hypothetically, you just signed up, you listened to this episode, you just signed up for Shutter. You're like, where should I begin as kind of like someone who has been around the block at least a little bit with horror and I'm not familiar with Shutter or what's on there. You know, Dan, where do I begin? The first thing that I would say is that if you haven't seen 
some of the staples of horror that are on there, I highly recommend that you check those out. And by that, I mean, you know, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, Reanimator, Night of the Living Dead, uh, John Carpenter's Halloween, like all of those are on there. And I highly recommend that if you haven't seen one of those, I, I definitely, definitely think that that's a perfect place to start because in those movies, there's a reason why, you know, if they can't have every classic, there's a reason why they started with those because those are some of the most influential and effective and smart and well-made uh, of the genre back in those days. And I, I really think there's so, so much to say about every single one of them. Uh, almost every single one of these is going to get their own individual episode on the podcast someday. It's simply fate. Uh, but that's where I wanted to start to say, if you haven't seen any one of those, there's no need for me to even talk about exactly what they are because they have such a storied history and they're such classics in their own right. If you haven't seen any of those, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Reanimator, Night of the Living Dead, or Halloween, I highly recommend you start with those. But if you're sitting here and you're thinking, hey, I already know that stuff, Dan. <laughs> I came here to get into the kind of stuff that you described, something a little bit more different. Well, that is where we are going to begin today. Uh, Unlike later entries, uh, this one isn't going to be categorized by uh, genre or style so much, just as much as I think that they're all really effective places to start if you're looking for something to watch on Shudder. And for all of these picks for this episode and for the future, uh, I'm going to briefly describe them in these few ways uh, with just a brief description of what it is, uh, why I chose it, why I think it's worth your time, and some influences in similar movies and uh, kind of where it comes from. So let's just dive right in with a movie that I really love called Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Uh, so basically what it is, it's a uh, found footage, uh, kind of smart slasher documentary crew interviews this guy, uh, Leslie Vernon, who basically wants to become a legendary slasher like a Jason, like a Mike Myers, who he names drops uh, in the movie. Uh, so this movie came out in 2006. Uh, it's since developed something of a cult following, but I would still say it's definitely underrated. And at the time, uh, it did not find its audience, which is a real shame, which is why years later we still don't have a sequel or anything else for it. Uh, but for folks who are a fan of classic slashers or, you know, just slashers in general, you know, this movie, it rewards you with tons of inside jokes uh, that reward your fandom about the genre and absolutely hilarious takes on classic genre tropes. And uh, to that end, I would actually say this movie shares something in common with stuff like Cabin in the Woods, actually, uh, in that it takes a very reverent uh, but playful approach to the genre and in explaining why certain genre tropes exist, uh, why they are important uh, from everything to the final girl to the setting of the final chase scenes. Uh, it is all very, very funny. Uh, the character of Leslie Vernon and his enthusiasm for all of the stuff that he's describing, he kind of acts like a conduit or a stand in for the audience who are probably just as much of a horror fan as he is, but he is the manifestation of that. Uh, so I'd say that this one is fun and clever. It's not really trying to be scary, although there are definitely a few good visual gore gags and scares in there for sure. But yeah, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, highly recommend that one to start out. Uh, gonna move on to another recommendation here. Uh, if you want something a little bit scarier, uh, I'm going to recommend another Shutter exclusive here. Actually, the first Shutter exclusive, Leslie Vernon, is not a Shutter exclusive. So this one is a Shutter exclusive. It's called Haunt. Uh, as I said, a little bit scarier came out last year, 2019. Don't want to spoil a lot about this one, but I just want to say it's 
deceptively simple. It's based around a group of youths <laughs> that uh, go into a haunted house attraction that is more sinister than expected, let's say, because, I, you know, listen, I know it sounds incredibly straightforward in some ways. Uh, you know, it is in some ways as well. <laughs> but there's absolutely a reason why this movie got so much love last year and why it was actually the most streamed title on Shudder of 2019, I believe, and why I'm even recommending it to you, because the fact is this movie is just so well executed. It just really is. The practical effects look great. The scares are very effective. There is a pretty effective metaphor that underpins the development of our lead here, but it by no means gets in the way of the spookiness, if you know what I mean. And it takes place during Halloween, which is always really fun. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I picked this one because in my experience, uh, it's a real crowd pleaser, even for folks who are just kind of getting into scary movies in general or want something outside the mainstream that they haven't seen before. Or, you know, someone who just really wants to sit down and they're just like, hey, you like scary movies. Uh, let's pick a good one. I'll, you know, I'll sit here tonight and watch one with you. You know, I've yet to find a horror fan who just straight up hated this one. Most folks walk away quite pleased. I, I just think it's a really good example of the kind of content that makes Shutter special because it's it's just a very effective horror movie. Uh, yeah, and for this is one I would say for for fans of like Eli Roth or Adam Green or kind of like the early kind of mid two thousands era horror. I think this is a great kind of throwback to that in the most effective ways and brings it into a modern setting in a way that I think is really really cool. Uh, this next suggestion that I've got is another a Shutter exclusive. Uh, pretty cool. It's called The Furies. Uh, again, don't want to give away too much about this one in terms of the plot. Uh, it's female-fronted horror, uh, mixes together elements of slashers and kind of sci-fi in a way. Uh, yeah, in, in that it pits a group of women against a group of killers in a deadly, monitored kind of game. You know, I, I think that to that end, what I just spoke to, uh, I think that the comparisons to movies like Battle Royale are going to come up with this one. But I don't think that's such a bad thing because it's gory and it's intense. Uh, it's based around kind of like a most dangerous game style deathmatch sort of thing. So Battle Royale, you know, it's going to come up. But once again, I, I picked this one because it's very obviously influenced by slasher movies in ways that, you know, I think are really cool and that fans are going to appreciate. Uh, it's cool desert tinged color palette that it's got makes it look original as well. Gives it a very distinct feeling. But for sure, the most effective part of the movie, the part that I found most stunning were the absolutely incredible practical effects on this one, which, again, to speak to something that Shudder, you know, I can't say they do it for every movie because it's a large library, but there does seem to be an emphasis on practical effects in a lot of work that's on here. And uh, it really is incredible to see, especially in this movie, because there are a couple sequences in here that will elicit jaw drops and uh, awestruck grins from even the most jaded of horror fans. I truly believe that because it there are some shocking visual moments that make it absolutely worth your time. Uh, one related to an axe. I cannot give it away. I cannot give it away. I almost did. I can't give it away. Okay. You just got to watch it. it. You just got to watch it. Okay. The Furies. Definitely cool movie. And uh, good to wrap up here with the suggestion that I think... Uh, is a lot of fun. Uh, it's called Mayhem. Uh, wrapping up with another Shutter original here. I I'm really happy that I, I get to keep doing that because a lot of this content is so great. But uh, this movie is the closest that I'm going to get to recommending something relevant to our current situation, uh, if I may say, uh, because 
this is a disease outbreak uh, slash quarantine movie. You know, it's about a virus that makes people essentially lose their inhibitions and become violent, among other things. Uh, so it is relevant in that sense, but I would say it's still far enough removed from reality that it's not upsettingly similar or anything. Uh, so anyway, Stephen Yun, uh, who you may know from The Walking Dead, he's the lead in this movie. He is great. Similarly, uh, Samara Weaving of Ready or Not, Guns Akimbo, much more. She is in this movie as well. She's fantastic. I would describe this one as kind of like a gory action thriller slash comedy. Uh, lots of snappy, snarky dialogue about lawyers <laughs> working in corporate America, which I personally found fun. A uh, couple cool needle drop moments, but the real gem here is the choreography and the camera work during the movie's many, many over-the-top action sequences, many over-the-top action sequences. Uh, director Joe Lynch uh, has his feet firmly planted in horror, I will say, so as action-y as things get, you can absolutely assure that there will be a ton of bloodshed as well for you horror lovers. Uh, honestly, this movie kind of, like, in the best way, it feels like it was influenced by a combination of, like, zombie movies, like Dawn of the Dead, like classic Dawn of the Dead kind of stuff, but also, like, intentionally excessive and over-the-top action movies like Crank. And I mean that in the absolute best way because the combination works. It really takes the absurdity and kind of the almost cartoony style and it uses that aesthetic in the best way possible to create a real roller coaster ride of a movie from beginning to end. Mayhem. Again, highly, highly recommend that one. And that is going to wrap up volume one of my recommendations here. I really, really hope that you will try this free trial. I really hope that you will check out these movies that I've recommended. I hope that you will check out further episodes that we're going to do because I'm going to get even more in-depth to some of the titles that I really love on Shudder. Uh even more than I've done today, so I really hope that you will stay tuned for that. But if you end up watching these movies, please let me know what you thought about them. Follow me on Twitter at SpookyGuyDan or add me on Slasher, uh, GoryBooker at GoryBooker or email us, SpookSquadPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you so much for listening, folks. Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And seriously, thank you for your time. Stay safe out there. Try this free trial of Shudder. Promo code SHUTIN for 30 free days. Again, I'm not being paid. I literally just want to talk to you about movies. <laughs> thank you for your time, folks. Until next time. This is Dan, signing out.